Lovely. Hey guys, uh, welcome to episode 15 of uh, the Uncommonly Common Conversations. Um, unfortunately, we did resolve the, the Middle East crisis, but I didn't hit record. Um, so unfortunately, that's going to be... <laughs> So unfortunately, that's going to be lost. So you know, maybe someone else will have another idea, but that is what it is. Um, tonight, in, in the, uh, we we pretty much discussed um, playing the song "Why Can't We Be Friends," and that was uh, that 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 fixed up the whole situation. But in reality, it doesn't. Yeah. So we determined that it sort of goes back to about 400 BC, um, and really, ultimately, it's the Romans' fault. Um, but really, but it was pre-Roman. It was actually Phoenician. Um, so yeah, the Phoenicians are quite the ones that are the problem. So we wonder what the real culprits is actually, uh, people that are in Libya at the moment as they're the legacy of Carthage. So we really, we really deep dived on the origins of this issue. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so tonight we're joined by, um, I, I won't call you Palestinian Matt. That would be a bit off, off, off color, <laughs> but, uh, tonight we're joined by Matt and we're also joined by Rowan. Evening. How are you, dude? Uh, we just want to say before we started recording that we did have a bit of an episode planned around Ahsoka um, and uh, I've got a suspicion that Alan, um, yeah, Ron, I've got to add you on Facebook so you can join the group chat for this because uh, some of the um, some of the preamble to these episodes are quite um, spicy. Um, and so Alan, um, Alan was adamant that Ahsoka was a load of shit and an absolutely terrible <laughs> TV show. Um and I have a different opinion of that, which is he's wrong. Um, and so <laughs> I've got a suspicion that he has diligently been trying to put together some form of counter argument to justify why Ahsoka is as bad as season three of Mandalorian. Um, but unfortunately, he's lost his voice, which is the excuse he gave. But I just think that he's not confident in his arguments. So he's asked for a week <laughs> extension. So refining the argument, okay. So he's 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 gone away. It's his like high school, um, you know, debating club stuff. He's gone away, writing his notes, getting ready. He's gonna be he's gonna be second speaker. So he's, he's gonna lay down the main points from that the opening speaker will say. Um, and he, he's gonna come swinging. Reese next week. He's gonna come out swinging. So oh, I, I, I so, hope so. And he can flail as much as he wants because the reality is is that <laughs> unfortunately Ahsoka, for whatever its faults, is probably the best we're going to get out of Star Wars that we could hope for. And I think so. I say that as a bit of a backhanded compliment to the series, even though on one hand I did absolutely love it, and I was like, some of those episodes were just amazing. Um, but on the other hand, this is as good as we're going to get it. So we could either hate it or we could be grateful for what we get because I don't think we're going to be getting much more in the future. I just I I can't. Have you have you watched it, Rowan? No. No. Okay. Well, no, I haven't watched it. Uh... I, just from what you were describing then, guys, I was just picturing um, this might be a reference to neither of you. You might get it. Um, uh, Ace Attorney, I just have um, Alan just coming up going, objection. Have you ever played that game, oh, Ace the, Attorney? The, the, the DS one. Yeah. Yeah, 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 that one. That's all I can imagine Alan doing, just like, objection well, to Alan, anything you say. Alan has um, a fun mannerism where he, um, he throws his hands up in the air and then he slams the table and he gets very... He gets very melodramatic about it. And he's very, very performative in his anger. Um, especially that he gets the, the the more wrong he is, the more performative he gets. So that's that's the debating tell when you know that you're beating him. Um, yes, Alan. I'm also on the off chance you actually do listen to this. I am shamelessly taunting you because I think, <laughs> I think your position you made in the chat was absolutely absurd. Um, and I want to see what you can actually do to justify. There's not just ripping off talking points from the Critical Drinker podcast, but that's a <laughs> We'll save that for next Monday. 
Oh, but it said that though, uh, Ron, if you do get a chance to watch Ahsoka between now and Monday, I would highly recommend you do it. Um, but I'll give it a shot. But more importantly, I highly recommend that you watch uh, seven seasons of the Clone Wars and five seasons of Star Wars Rebels in order to understand what's going on. And yes, admittedly, the reaction on your face then is actually the biggest issue with the Ahsoka show. That it, it does require like 12 to 13 seasons worth of knowledge as to who these characters are and why they got there uh, because effectively rebels is a sequel to clone wars and ahsoka is a sequel to rebels and if and this is my issue with disney where they're trying to tie and i guess i understand it's all in one universe but when they're trying to do all these properties that rely on other things having to watch other things is a bit of an issue for me so like you look at marvel like you've got to watch one movie to understand another movie to understand another movie like uh, if anyone has seen Quantum Mania, Ant-Man and Quantum Mania, like, what was the fucking point? Seriously. You need to actually have watched uh, Loki to understand where Kang was coming from. It was just... Oh, that movie was just a mess. But anyway, we'll, we'll, just, we'll skip that. Hey, can, I, can I just say, I saw um, I saw the third um, Guardians of the Galaxy on, on the plane ride um, to Japan. And I'd seen the first two, and I, and I liked the first two, and I saw the third one. And... Um, I saw it reluctantly because I was like, oh, you know, I can't be bothered with Marvel stuff anymore. Like, I'm just kind of over it. Like, you got to watch this to know about this and then this and that. And it's still, it, it, I felt like I, I was okay watching that one. Uh, there were some references of like, you know, you know, you know different, different people in that. Um, like, for example, Gamora, like, you know, after, after the, you know, um, she was thrown off a, you know, and killed essentially. Um, I was like, oh yeah, but then she's just back. So a few things are like, are like, are like, how are they expecting people to watch every single thing? It's just virtually impossible. Oh. And Reese, and then Reese, you said they've just, uh, you know, ripped apart ten years of, of Star Wars canon in a, in Ahsoka. So so like, what the hell was the point of that? So either they start fresh and do a whole new whole new like you know story, which which I'm, which I'd be cool with. I'd be like, yeah, I'd get on top of that. Or um, they just don't mess with the past and either just fix it or just. Just don't bother doing it because they've already made it into a bigger shit show than it, than it already needs to be. All right. So side note, um, I'm putting together a new method for actually planning these podcasts out because again, I've been a little bit slack the last couple of months. For admittedly, not necessarily because of like events that were within 100% my control, but there is a specific. There, I do want to do a specific episode on Marvel Phase Five because I didn't even realize Phase Four had finished. Um. <laughs> So there's 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 a there's a big problem with Marvel and the MCU is completely catering at uh, cratering at the moment and it's looking like the Captain Marvel movie whatever it's called Captain Marvel the Marvels the Marvels which has the um ha- have you guys seen the poster for it uh no but I know who's in it yeah just I'm just gonna throw a poster up here because there's um there's something. So, yeah, yeah, this is the, yeah, just one sec. Uh, this is horrible airtime. Let me, now let me try to see if I can share the screen without the system hating me. You can edit this out, Reese. Yeah, no, no, it's all good. I think I've got it. Okay. So that's the, that's the, that's the poster for the Marvels. And I, I think that that's the most um, interesting aspect of it. Okay. 
right. I can okay. see you looking so, very puzzled, Matt. That either that speaks volumes about you potentially. Yeah, I'm just confused as to what the hell I'm looking at. So they're like, I'm assuming that's Captain Marvel in the middle, and then yep. who are the other? Who are the other two? <laughs> so on top is uh, Photon. Photon. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then down the bottom is Ms. Marvel, Kamala Khan. Oh. Okay. Yeah, so Kamala had her own TV show, which is actually not too bad. Um, uh, her powers were not what they are in the the comics. Um, mm -hmm. They're light based. They're not. She hasn't enlarged her um, herself. Um, and then Photon was in uh, was in One Division. All right. Okay. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um... Matt, the fact that you're not uh, potentially seeing the, um, let's just say the symbolism of the poster uh, says, um, makes me very concerned. One, as an, as an art teacher yourself, and two, it makes me concerned for your, uh, your girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I mean, looking at it now, yeah, I kind of see what you're, talk you're talking about. Um, that is, uh, yeah, quite interesting. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna add anything else into that. I, I now I now see it after like I was I was trying to, you know, before I dig myself into a bigger hole, I'll just get my mouth shut. But but <laughs> at the end of the day, that is not ideal. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so apologies for the schoolboy humor on that one, Rowan. Um, but yeah, so far that's the most interesting thing that's come out of uh, Marvel Phase Five for me is uh that <laughs> is that poster, um. But that movie is, I think, budgeted at like two hundred and forty million dollars or something, and it's already like it, it, it's looking like it's not going to make any money, and so there's a there's a sort of a conversation I think that's worth having around Marvel, sort of the current state of Marvel and what what it's done that sort of lent it off the rails so quickly because it is fundamentally broken, like the if we look at the box office returns for MCU films in phase four, I think only Spider-Man and guardians of the galaxy got close to a billion dollars. And so the, the average box office return for MCU phase four just bottomed off. Um, and then the, the total viewing time to watch the entirety of phase four is more minutes than the entirety of phases one, two and three combined. Um, so like, well, it's just, they, they, they made such a big, mistake with that and but i think the mistake that disney made with marvel is also the same mistake that they made with star wars and sort of to to matt's point about my commentary around um sort of the canon the fact that star wars has been so poorly planned out over the last decade means that every time they tell a new star wars story they're effectively undoing what they set up in episode seven for the state of the galaxy and in saying that, though, Ahsoka is also 100% beholden to George Lucas-era canon. And so the the really curious thing about what they're sort of doing with the Ahsoka, um, the, the Ahsoka series, Rowan, is that it's probably the closest you're going to get to what I would have wanted as an episode seven for Star Wars. So it's well, well worth watching if you and Cam can squeeze it in over the next week because it's definitely, it's definitely good. But there's at least half an hour of YouTube videos that you need to sort of deep uh, watch to oh, understand yeah. who everyone is, particularly around the the uh, the Rebels cast. Um, so Cam will know all of that. I'll just get a debrief from him on who everyone is as oh, we watch. Yeah, hundred, yeah, hundred percent. Then because it's 
Um, but in saying that though, the the just just for the the casting is brilliant. Um, so Ray Stevenson as Balin is one of the best new characters. Um, it's a I don't know if it's really a spoiler at this point, but uh, Thrawn is I thought he was magnificent. Um, so uh, Lars Nicholson that plays him is the voice actor from the Rebels cartoon. They put him into live action, so he was brilliant. And like in all honesty, Rosario Dawson as Ahsoka is perfect. Um, so it's, and, and there's no uh, there's no Lizzo this time around, or no? Well, but th- that was why I got so like angry with Alan in the chat because I'm like, you're saying that Ahsoka is shit, but you also said Mando season three is shit, and there is no planet where <laughs> those two are the same caliber of production. Like I, I 100% agree with you. Like I was, I think like four episodes ago, I was bashing Mando season three. I hated that that season of Star Wars, but. I loved Ahsoka so much that I've started buying Black Series figures again because I'm just a sucker for Star Wars that gets me and they just find <laughs> ways to extract money out of me like some deeply hardwired kid that I am. Also, that um, that, that Lego Star Wars um, Republic uh, Destroyer thing that's just come out. It's I'm not sure cool. if you guys have seen it's, that. That is my Christmas gift to my wife cool. at the moment. That's what I want. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that I might get a nice present this Christmas. Fingers crossed for you. Inshallah. Hey. But yeah, so um, Rowan, yeah, if you can next next week, if you can, uh, yeah, get a few episodes in at least to get the gist of it, um, yeah, that, mm. that's going to be the conversation next week, and I'm sure Alan is going to come guns blazing for that one. Mm. Interesting. Well, I'll bring I'll bring the popcorn, and then I'll just sit down and just, and just enjoy the uh, the the event, which will be you guys borderline punching on. So I'll, I can't wait. Well, so no one hates Star Wars more than Star Wars fans, so. <laughs> I agree with you. I, I'm I'm on board. I'm, I'm I'm on board with with that comment. Absolutely. So, um, speaking of other television, uh, I have been watching um, two things on TV. One is uh, Wheel of Time. So now oh, that it's fully good. released, uh, I really enjoy it. I've yep. not read the books though, so I can't comment as to how close it is to the source material. I do know they've changed a few things, but I think Amazon did a a decent job of telling a good story. Um, I enjoy it. Uh, so, yeah, I think um, when I watched season one last year, I was just, I was quite surprised at the production quality because um, Amazon Studios, their movies, let's say, um, are very B-class movies. So I wasn't really sure what to expect from the TV stuff. Um, and because this one, they've, they've liked the Lord of the Rings. I mean, the Lord of the Rings TV show they put in, so much money to that. Um, this one, obviously, they didn't put as much money in, but it was still still good. I like it. I really enjoy it. Have we spoken about the Rings of Power? Uh, mm, a little bit, I think we have. I think we've, we've spoken about it offline. Yeah. yeah. Not, not on this. Um, and then the other one I was watching as a comparison for production value was actually One Piece on how, Netflix. How is that? I've heard good things about it. Um, it, it looks amazing. It is uh, really good. Obviously, they've condensed the storylines from the manga um, because the manga is fucking huge. There's like over a thousand, I think we're up to 1,170 or 80 episodes for the actual anime. Um, and then even like the books were like volume, uh, oh, I can't remember what number volume we're up to. But anyway, um, so it's actually quite good. Uh, it does, as I said, it summarizes a lot of the, the storylines that they have in there. Um, quite well. So it changes around slightly, but so it's like good. 
can I just first off get you then? Sorry, man. I'm gonna I'm just gonna teach you a little bit for a sec, Rowan. Um, mm. 15, oh, 10 minutes ago, I said to you that in order to fully appreciate Ahsoka, you have to watch seven seasons of Clone Wars and five seasons of Rebels, and your face just dropped. And then without missing a beat, you're like, we're up to 1,100 issues of the manga. <laughs> <laughs> no, not manga. We're up to 1,100 episodes, episodes of the TV show. <laughs> okay, that's even worse. <laughs> I'm not I'm not up to that myself, but okay, yeah. Cool. Um <laughs> I uh, I'm not even halfway yet, um, but yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, it's it's. I'm quite surprised at how well they actually did the CG for it as well. And like, I know that they made the sets, like they actually made the boat and the docks and all that shit. Like, I've seen the the still images from um, the Netflix One Piece account because I was like, fuck it, I'll follow it, I'll see what's happening, and was really quite surprised um, that they actually built cool. everything. Yeah, it was really cool to see that kind of stuff and. And now seeing it in the TV show, I'm like, well, actually, they spent their money well. Yeah. Like, they actually did a really good job. Um, so that was, yeah, quite enjoyable to watch from someone who does enjoy the manga um, and the and the TV TV show as well. Like, it was actually quite good. Um, but, yeah, so they're, they're kind of things that I've been watching at the moment. I did a, have seen two movies as well oh, yeah. uh, in, in the last two days. Um, so I saw The Nun 2. Okay. I'm not really into horror movies or scary movies. I, that's not my cup of tea, but um, my husband convinced me to watch, to go to The Nun 2 the other night with her friends. And so I then had to watch Conjuring 2 and something else before we even got, uh, and The Nun, the original Nun, before we got to go to the movies the other day. I was just like, Ugh. okay, sure, I'll watch these horror movies to or spooky movies, spookum movies as they like to refer to them. Because um, I don't really think they're horror at all, but they're more kind of creature rather than supernatural or gore type stuff. So, yeah. And then um, and the other one, which might uh, float you guys' boat, is the the creator. Um, uh, it's, that's out now. Yeah, I saw it this morning. Oh, it's good. Yeah, I visually, it's it's great. Visually, it's really really good. Um, it just makes me think of like trying to imagine how they did everything and where they shot it and how they com- uh, composed all the images and stuff because it's, it's obviously set in an Asian yeah. environment. Um, and to have all those massive buildings in the locations was just was weird to see, but it actually it looks really good. Um, the story was good. Uh, didn't the ending was good. I'm going to say this first. The ending was good, but it wasn't what I expected the ending to to be like um i don't i don't know if the the trailer really gets across the nuance of the story because mm-hmm. it's obviously this guy's protecting a kid um you know the kid's uh, ai um but yeah that's kind of like halfway through that's kind of when that trailer part happens there's yeah. a bit leading up to it and a bit at the end um it's quite surprising how we got to there um yeah. Yeah, it was really, really good. Visually stunning. I saw it at the um whatever the extreme screen things are. Hoyt's extreme screen, quite good. Um haven't gone to use one of those D box cinemas yet. I don't know if you guys have seen those things. They've got yeah. the feedback and I'm like, what the fuck is that about? <laughs> I, um, saw, um... I tried it once and it was I was like, uh then you can you can adjust you can adjust the uh 
like the the ferocity the ferocity uh ferocity of the um of how much your chair wants to shake it's just kind of like a rumble it's like it's like when you get a rumble pack on your on your um nintendo 64 controller like it was it's like whoa okay it's either that um but yeah it's not really worth the extra bit of coinage if you if it's more but expensive. is it is it like full body rumble or is it like someone gets shot in the chest and you feel it behind your left shoulder type thing like no, it's like it... the, the, the whole the whole chair kind of goes, okay. like, you know, moves you around a bit. So, so yeah, like you do feel it. I'm just like, yeah, it's it's kind of more. It's a bit of a wank, to be honest. Like in in terms of like a, it's, it's a bit of a wank of a gimmick. So, I was like, oh yeah, well it was fun, but I probably wouldn't do it if I wanted so to. You'd only kind of use it if you're going to see something like a chase, like a car chase movie with explosions yeah. or a space movie. Or okay. John Wick or something where or yeah something something you know with with, with a bit of um how do you explain it uh, a bit of bit of uh, bit of action mm. um but you, you wouldn't see it watching the Notebook put it that way it, it'd be pretty pointless so <laughs> uh, so yeah you can feel his their heart vibrate uh, uh, the, 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 as the uh, as they get closer to kiss I've never seen the Notebook uh, do they do that is that what happens. Uh, dude, I've never seen the notebook either. But like, um, uh, every person I say, "Oh, you haven't seen the notebook?" Well, I'm like, "No, like, no, I've got absolutely no interest in it." Um, so, I mean, I have seen one scene where they, <laughs> it's it's become a bit of a meme, and it's just like, the caption is, uh, "Couples when they're when they're discussing what they want to eat for dinner," and like they're like. They they cut to the movie like a scene in the movie. It's like, what do you want? I don't know. What do you want? And it's like, that's yeah. That's the only thing I know about the Notebook is that is that scene, which is which I know from being a stu- stupid meme. But um, as a but yeah. as a married man, I've never watched the Notebook with my wife. Therefore, I have never seen the Notebook. Okay, very good, very good. We'll go with that. <laughs> um, and then I think I, I've done just because I'm going to get my stuff out of the way. Uh, I went to PAX this weekend, so yeah, PAX Australia. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, so I go every year. Uh, my husband is a panelist that goes, um, oh, cool. and media. He does media stuff as well occasionally. Um, so I he gets in for free. I buy the three day pass and I go. This year I bought the one day pass. And I was like, fuck, I'm not going to be able to get to see everything. Um, you might need to put a swearing advisory online on this uh, episode always do no kids content <laughs> this one. um and so we were, we were and he was only going for the day this time as well um and so we were like oh, fuck we'll we be able to see everything in the one day like we have to fit everything in we arrived at like half 10 11 o'clock it goes opens at 10 o'clock goes until six and then there's a packs up late uh, which is like the after hours concert adult only panels that kind of stuff um and I was uh, quite surprised at the the vibe of PAX. It was really lackluster this year, surprisingly. Oh. So um, the indies had a lot of space, which is good because they deserve it. Um, there's usually some really good indie games there you can go and try. Uh, this year was kind of... I've seen that before. Yep. So I've seen that that slice of that game for the last two years. What's What's different? What's changed? There was a lot of that, probably like... I would say 70% of it, but that's what I thought. And I was like, oh, I haven't seen that one before. Um, and then your big developers all didn't turn up. So no Ubisoft. They weren't there last year either. Um, 
Sony wasn't there, Microsoft wasn't there, um, there so there's no Call of Duty, no nothing. Um, and there was no, surprising, Square Enix showing Final Fantasy, the most recent um, seasonal uh, dungeon, which they usually have there as well. You know, massive AoEs going off the peripheral vision as you're walking down the, the main aisle. Um, the only big one there was, um, or big two, kind of big, was uh, Nintendo and Sega. Um, oh. Sega had Sonic Frontiers. I think they were playing Sonic. Or some, there was a Sonic game, but didn't play it. Um, and Nintendo had uh, the new Super Mario Brothers Wonder. Um, if you don't know anything about it, uh, you can get a new elephant radish from the new kingdom that you go to and you turn into a massive elephant. Um, weird. Sure. Um, and then the other one is a, a drill hat that makes you look like you're a member of Devo. Um, <laughs> <laughs> drills on your head. Uh, yeah, so a, a bit of fun. Mario Mario's always kind of fun platformer. You can play with, you know, for other people and people online too, so um, that was all right. They had, obviously, Tis the Kingdom there, um, Mario Kart, uh, the new download for Pokemon there as well. Um, and that was pretty much it. Like, even looking at the panels this year, I was like, nothing really I want to go and see. Like, I don't particularly want to go and listen to anyone speak there. They just weren't very enticing at all. So, um, yeah, obviously I went to my husband's panels, so, um, they were good, bit of fun, um, very adult only content, uh, which is always amusing too. That's what I've been doing. And, uh, obviously my standards, Destiny, been playing that a bit and, uh, Gotham Knights, picked that up the other week because it was on PlayStation Plus. So got some value out of my PlayStation Plus. That's pretty good. I enjoy that game. So a lot of fun playing, uh, Online with friends with that one, the four of you out there in the wheel, in the world fighting crime, living your bat dream. Is it doing doing your doing good, good for the or world? Is it a good PlayStation. Uh, sorry, I've got. I'll be back in a couple minutes. Sorry, it's good to be Mason. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, so it's uh, on PlayStation. I got it. Um, and you get to play the the bat kids. So, uh, Robin, um. Which is Tim Drake, uh, not my favourite Robin, but anyway, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, Red Hood, uh, Nightwing, and Batgirl. Oh, so cool. you can choose choose one of the four. They all level up at the same time, no matter if you play Robin or Nightwing or whoever. They all level up at the same time, um, and you can switch between them whenever you want. But yeah, four player game. You can go out into the Gotham and fight crime. Um, see Harlequin, Penguin. Uh, Mr. Freeze, um, yeah, go on. Stop their stuff. Uh, no, no Joker. We've got okay. Harley instead. So, okay, yeah, kind of. Um, and uh, Clayface. All right, yeah, yeah. That that was very interesting. Um, after that battle, because you have to get out of his. No, sorry. To get to him, you have to go through the the sewer network, water plant, whatever it is. And he's uh, um, in all the pipe work. So there's massive clay wave following away. You're on your bat, bat bike. And if you get hit by the clay, you're, you're dead. So one fucked up, you're done. Cool. done so yeah, yeah. It's, it's a good game. Like a, It's a bit of fun that we 
um, Cam and I play together. So um, if you're looking for a two-player game, it's online. That's a good game. So, a lot so, of it's, it's, like, so it's online co-op and that? So you can just like, you can co-op together? and. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, cool. so Goth- Gotham Knights, brilliant. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I, yeah, my go-to stable is always Destiny, so. Yeah. Um, oh, we have a visitor. Uh, <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, been playing a bit of Destiny of late as well, just because they yeah, no. finished up the seasonal content. Um, yeah, we've, one of our friends is a uh, voice actor in the game, so it's oh, right. them. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you ever played Destiny. I have, yeah. yeah. Has, do you know, did you ever meet the character Eris Morn? The hive woman. She's not a hive, but she's. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yep. Yep. So, yeah, the voice actor of that's one of our friends. Get out. That's awesome. Mm. Wow. That's really cool. Yeah. So, she's um, she's an amazing voice actor. She's in quite a lot. Um, she also did uh, She Ra on Netflix. She was the voice of the. I forget what she was called. But anyway, yeah. See her online. Um, yeah. It's a bit of fun listening to her. That's cool. Yeah, that's mm. very cool. Yeah. So um, that's what I've been doing. What about you, Matt? What have you been up to? Um, not much. Just go back from Japan. Um, that was a really fun trip. I can't wait to go back there. <laughs> yeah. Um, currently uh, house-sitting my brother's place because as soon as I got back, he, uh, he's he gone to Europe. So um, i got to mind his dogs and, and you know, stuff like that. So... Um, it's kind of house sitting in his his joint, and um, yeah, just try, trying to do a bit of, bit of work on my on my, a couple of my older cars. Yeah, um, my my little K car, my little Honda K car. I'm very close to getting it roadworthy, so it's almost nice. there. Um, I had to get the yeah, you know, I had the rust cut out of it and a few other bits and bobs, and um, so yeah, we're getting there. We're getting there. Um, so it'll it'll be nice once it's uh, once I can drive it and be seen as a bit of a anomaly on the road when everyone's driving big SUVs or and dual cab utes, I'll be in a, a tiny car that weighs like you know, six hundred kilograms. So I feel very I feel very safe, put it that way. Um but yeah it'll 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 be so fun. I mean, I mean Reese you can you can probably relate to that. You, you drove you drove an original mini for a while. I love that car. That's my uh, my guilty pleasure car so I would love to buy myself another mini. I think you should. I, I know. I know people that know people that have minis. So yes, I also know how much they sell um, those minis for, Matt. And um, yes, I, I'm not putting myself in a position where I get gouged for the purpose of buying an original mini, and then I get gouged for the, the luxury of maintaining the fucking thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but race for those for those like ten sec ten seconds of less of when it's actually working, you'll be like, yes, this is great, and then Matt. you'll be. Yeah. I don't, Matt. I, I do not have that sadomasochistic desire to go down the car route of uh, maintaining old cars. I can appreciate the memory of them, but the memory is what I'm going to have, not the the reality. <laughs> <laughs> if I was going to buy a mini, yeah. I'd buy a, a BMW Mini Cooper, and then I would pay homage to that memory. <laughs> yeah. uh, well. I, I I drove I drove one recently. Actually, not probably not super recent, like uh, about a year ago, and it was a you know, bought out twelve seventy five. You know, um, it was an S replica, but it had more power than an S and all upgraded suspension. And my god, did it! It bloody ripped. This thing hammered. Um, I was like in and out of traffic, and um, you know, just 
legit chopping people at the at, at, at every you know stoplight I could I was I was doing traffic light Grand Prix with people that didn't even realize they're doing traffic light Grand Prix and they're like oh it's a mini <laughs> I'll beat a mini and I was just like like smashing gears and it was great I I wanted one so bad after that um I, I yeah, drove a, I did drive a um, a modified Mini Cooper S one time in the original so I think it was like the yeah, 78 models um from memory and that thing it did not have a mini cooper s engine and god knows what that, what that guy did to it um it had to have fuel additives <laughs> i remember that was a part of it um yeah. but that thing was just that was just chaos like it was so small so <laughs> the power to weight ratio was just insane but they've got insane. the um they've got the like the best handling of any car i've ever driven um, and because they're just so like they're so light and they're so small and they're so low to the ground the turning on a mini is just phenomenal um it's quite it's quite li li quite literally one step up from a go-kart like oh, let's, let's be honest yeah. yeah yeah um just god forbid you you drive over a puddle and you splash the <laughs> interior engine and the thing cuts out well it's very well known in the mini community that to fix you know that yeah. issue you, you put a glove. you put a rubber yeah. a rubber glove yeah yeah, yeah. again um, that that's why i do not want to buy a car where the mechanical advice is to go get a rubber glove and cut the fingertips <laughs> off so it has airflow and then place it over the carburetor that's <laughs> i mean it's uh it's the joys of classic motoring like um it's it's proper motoring and and you know like like for for people that are into cars like i, I get it like you know it's i am one of those people and um like driving an original mini like i i drove a, i drove a very very original mini like a like it just uh, the Mini 1000, um, very basic car, a one-owner car, like, throughout its whole life. So it was the guy's grandmother that went to his mom, and, you know, it's his car, and, um, and it's, you know, they're, they're really fun to drive as they are. And then when I drove his S that he had, well, that modified one that was made into an S, my God, I was, I was like, I was like, I kind of fell in love with driving, like, you know, like, I'm like, this is, this is motoring. This is when you get you have fun every time you get behind the wheel. Like it's, it's, it, it's a, um, it's, it's an event. Like, like, like mo it's like motoring is an event. Um, you know, it, it gives you a sense of occasion and, and we, we often talk about sense of occasion cars and on, on my podcast, because it's just like, you know, you've got your daily and then you've got your car that you take out and it gives you a sense of occasion. And, and, and a mini is like a sense of occasion every day because it's, you know, it's so fun and small and, um, yeah, oh, dude, I, I, I so badly wanted it. And then he, he was telling me how much, how much he was selling it for. And then I, I kind of like teared up inside cause I was, I was like, I'll never be able to afford one, but, um, well, they go for like 30, I, 40k still. Yeah. About that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, but, but it was nice. The paint was perfect. The interior was restored. Engine was, it had, had, had a hot camshaft and, and, um, you know, like hot, hot carb and full exhaust and, Sounded raspy as, and you put your clutch in after like revving it off its tits, and it's like bah, 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 like really angry, and it was just so much fun. Like I was, I was like, I was like, this is motoring. Like this is, this is what it's like, you know. And the closest thing I've got to that, like in terms of like like proper motoring and you know, you know, real you can smell the fuel is my old Toyota ML2, which is, you know, the engines behind your head, so you get a lot of induction noise of you know, especially when it comes on cam up top, it just it just sounds like it's. It sounds like a scream, but you're you're serious. You're still doing under the speed limit. Like it's 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 um yeah it's it's stuff like that that, that gives that gives you the, the it's like driving for driving sake, not not for you know just just not not for just you know going to the shop. So, um, 
Yeah, would recommend. Uh, Reese, if I find a cheap one, I'll let you know, but uh, <laughs> oh, I don't want to tempt don't, you too don't much. Let I don't know because all I'm going to be doing is paying to take it off someone's hands and then I'm going to spend five times what I bought it for, <laughs> making the thing roadworthy. <laughs> this, this is true. This is true. But it, but it's 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 so worth it. Rowan, have you ever been in an original mini? I don't fit, mate. I'm too tall. Yeah, Ro- just for reference, Rowan's about what six five. I'm six. I'm six five. Six five. Yeah. Oh my god. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Because <laughs> no. I think Rowan started when we were during COVID, and so I think the first time I spoke to Rowan, it was like just virtual for probably six months before I met him in person. And yeah, I like I'm what six foot six one, and Rowan towers over me. <laughs> Oh, okay. Yeah. I remember that because I think, yeah, my first week I was there. I, I think we only worked four days in the office and then I got told to work from home on the, the Monday or the Tuesday of the following week. And then it was like, don't come back to the office. And I was like, what the fuck? Have I lost my job already? And they're like, oh, no, no, COVID. Yeah. No one's no <laughs> one's coming in anymore. And I'm like, oh, okay, right. It was, it was such a bizarre concept for me because I'd come from an organization that was like, no one works from home during COVID. We're all, you're uh, an essential worker. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, I wasn't. So it was very, very weird for me. And yeah, not meeting half the people in person for like six months was bizarre. I remember when yeah. you came down to visit me in my uh, my little cubicle, Reese, and I stood up and you're just like, oh, oh, I didn't <laughs> think you were going to be that tall. I was like, yeah. yeah. Disarmingly tall. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, also, Ron, by the way, uh, uh, Mason has just been staring at himself in the little webcam window. So <laughs> I, was, I was telling to Matt um, that, uh, sorry, I was telling to Rowan, Matt, that Mason, we're calling him little Narcissus Mason at the moment because he's absolutely yeah. obsessed with looking at himself. Um, and so right now, obviously, for the people listening, I've got my, my infant son that decided he wants to wake up. Um, he is just staring at himself in the little camera screen right now and smiling at himself. Aren't you, buddy? Yeah. <laughs> Well, man, there, there's no better way to do it, all right? So he's he, he's enjoying himself. <laughs> you have to change your pee back to bed in a sec. All right, all right, guys, I'll be back in a sec. I've got to put him to bed now. He's finished his bottle. He's say good night. Yeah. Bye, mate. <laughs> Bye, mate. <laughs> I'll be right back, guys. Yeah. All good, mate. All good. Um, but yeah, dude, I uh, yeah, so I recently got back from Japan and um. I went to go back. I spent, spent like my last night there. I I did the uh, like the go karting in the on the streets in Shibuya. That was pretty fun. Um, then I go back and people were like, "Wait, you, you're driving on the road with with actual cars in a go kart?" I'm like, "Yeah, it's Japan. You can do crazy shit like that." So, um, awesome. Would recommend going there, doing a bit of everything. Go to go to some rural stuff. See some see some rural stuff there because you guys will you really enjoy it. But the go karting is on my bucket list. It oh, is dude. on my bucket list. I'm like, yep, yeah, let me dress up as Mario Luigi and drive around the streets. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be fucking amazing. I'd, I'd love uh, it. Dude, it's 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 so worth it. Like, it was bloody awesome. Like, I, yeah, I'd, I'd go back. Like, I did the Shibuya, um, the Shibuya run. There's also the Tokyo Bridge run. So I might, might do that one next time when I go back. But um, yeah. yeah, dude, just 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 awesome. Just freaking awesome. Got it. I gotta think that... The Tokyo one's the one that I know about. I've not heard of the Shibuya one. Um, so you, you, you drive you, you drive through Shibuya Crossing and everything. That's it's, it's pretty cool. That's awesome. That'd be so yeah. cool. I have this um, obsession with watching uh, a channel on YouTube called Tokyo Lens, 
and he does okay. uh, tours of tiny Japanese apartments, like just insane things. We'd be like, "Oh, that's a closet." No, that's the apartment type situation. It's bizarre. Oh, I like, cool. I love the idea of Japan. Um, mm-hmm. Like, just to visit, I I want to go see it. Um, you know, when the cherry blossoms are out, all that kind of stuff. Like, go to the shrines. Um, yeah, I've always wanted to have like um that traditional Japanese garden in my backyard, but yeah, it's too expensive to, you know, build something like that to have it maintained and manicured. Maintain it. It's like, yeah. nah, nah, mate. Just, just go to Japan, see it and be like, yep. I, I, yep. I did that many, I did that many garden walks and everything. It was, um, you know, it was, it was, it was amazing. Like, like just, just, just how, how well everything's put together and packaged and, um, and I don't mean that just just with like the like like the buildings like like my hotel rooms were so well packaged or genius, but the the cars are packaged incredibly well. Like they have no reason to have dual cab utes and and big cars there and SUVs. They all drive little K cars because they're mm. so well packaged and they fit everything in them that they need. And they're 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 very um you know space conscious people and um and and I love that. Like I it it, it just makes sense. Like like the the country makes sense and. Um, yeah, you know, they got their weird things that they do, like every country that has. But um, you know, the, it's it's uh ah, oh, dude, you you just have to go. You're gonna have to actually see it and 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 witness um the insanity that is um Tokyo, but then the uh, the the beauty that is Kyoto, because it's just like such a you know stark in in contrast two cities. Um, you know, so, yeah, I. I Loved every moment of it. So yeah, you you got to get yourself there. Absolutely, and Kyoto is definitely on the list. Got to visit the home of Nintendo. Like, come on. I I did that, dude. I got a picture in front of it, uh, in front of the sign. That was that was um that was one of the one of the things I, I had to do when 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 I got there. And um yeah, it's a, it says Nintendo Trading or oh, sorry Playing Card Company. I took a photo of the sign and everything. It was that was pretty cool. It, it it's actually a it's actually a um a hotel now, so you can actually stay there. Um, so, uh, that, opened up a couple of years ago. So definitely would, if you, for a Nintendo fan, you should definitely stay there. For, just yeah, say, hey, they're, st- they're making a, a museum there as well. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, cool. uh, at, at that campus too. So I'm, I'm pretty sure it's that campus. Um, because yeah, once they, when they move their headquarters, they, um, we're going to do a museum with all their old, his, all their history. So the, the Hannah Funder cards that they started with and I'm like, kind of jazz like the old yeah, NES. Cool. like i also want to go to like the um um what's that electronic district um oh god i can't remember anyway um the electronic district in tokyo and they've got like uh thrift stores yeah that you, thing you, you, but it's talking, like you're talking, you're talking about nagano broadway that nagano broadway potentially i don't i can't remember the name yeah but yeah, um, it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. I want to go there. I want to pick up an old, some old Nintendo consoles and games that we could never get here, and just yeah, bring it back, have it on my shelf behind me. I think it'd be amazing. Well, when I went there, and I, I went into all these those little shops that the uh, so it's a place called Nakano Broadway, and they've they've got like little little shops, like tiny little shops that are just packed full of stuff and um, all, all old school gaming stuff. And I was just like, oh, if I had a bigger bag, I'd be taking half this home with me. Um, but yeah, f- definitely for you, I think you'd, I think you'd thoroughly enjoy it. Yeah. And also I got to go to one of those, um, robot restaurants. Did you go to yeah, one of those? Yeah. 
No, I didn't actually, because like I, I like I was like, oh, we should do the robot restaurant. They're like, like yeah, you can do it. Um, but we we had a pretty pretty hectic itinerary, and we just kind of just you know just ate as we went. And um, but yeah, definitely next time I'm gonna do I'm gonna do a robot robot one. But they've got they've got a few they've got a few robot ones here, and I, I did I did one in I did one in Adelaide when I was there last. So 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 there are there are a few here, which is kind of cool. Have to head over to Adelaide just yeah. for a little like little holiday. Adelaide's great. I, I really like Adelaide. Yeah, I've only ever like stopped over there as like a on the way to visit family over in Perth, like fly from Melbourne to Adelaide and Adelaide to Perth. I've never actually yeah. gone anywhere. It's just touch down, let people off or on, off we go again. Never actually stayed there. Yeah. We were there in yeah, uh, no, January dude. for a few days, which was quite nice. It's good because uh, Steph's from Adelaide, isn't she? She is, yeah, yeah. So, so we, we go there a oh, lot. That's right. We went, um, to go, we went to we went to go together, but you had work, and so you. What I you, had to get back. What yeah. Are you, what did that second job, dude? Yeah, I know. I, I'm I'm only there once a month now, so I, I've got more time for for my own <laughs> life now, which is which, which is actually nice. So instead of being there every, every weekend, I've actually cut back, and uh, I, I needed to take into my, my my own life into consideration for a change. So. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it was good. It, it it paid for most of my Japan trip, <laughs> so, so 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 that was good. Well, um, I um I bought myself a little no longer unemployed present, mm -hmm. which I was very very excited to show the group with. I bought myself a Steam Deck. Oh wow! Okay. So, yeah. Very... How 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 are you finding it? Like I've I've heard really good things. I um actually kind of love it, and I've already played more gaming on this thing in the last week than I have my PC in the last four. So <laughs> one of the things that I discovered, Rowan, is that um, while I have a very expensive, very lovely gaming PC, it is extremely hard for me to find any dedicated time to play it. Now, I also really like the concept of the Switch, but the thing is so underpowered that it was making me cry. And I'm sorry, I noticed the sacrilegious to the Nintendo fanboys in this area, but I just, <laughs> I love the concept, but I couldn't deal with the execution of it. But I did genuinely try, and the catalog of games I want to play are not inherently Nintendo games, unfortunately. I'm, I'm sorry to say. Um, That's fair. So yes, I, uh, I treated myself to a to the Steam Deck, and it is a hundred percent worth it. Um, just the ability to literally pick it up, press the on button, and it just does like an instant resume to what you were previously playing. I've never been able to do a PC game where I can just click a button and I'm back into it like a console. Mm -hmm. um, where I think it's a little bit lacking uh, is not necessarily the limitation of the hardware, but if you want to play something that's like an Ubisoft game, it is next to impossible. And so there are like obviously ways that you can get it to work, but it's just so difficult because you have to jump through different launches in order to make it work. And so like you can download the game, have it in your Steam library. You can even purchase from Steam, but if your Ubisoft launcher doesn't want to work for you, um, it doesn't matter how hard you try, you're not getting into that game, which is really frustrating. Um, now there are ways to work around it, but you're then getting into needing to troubleshoot launches using Linux and you have to learn how to use Linux in order to download the right installers to get it to work. And your Hannes, your friend of the podcast, um, sent me through a series of YouTube links on how to do it. And each one was like 20 minutes with like 40 steps involved. Um, so I haven't had that part of my life free yet to actually fix it to play Assassin's Creed Unity. 
So, (laughs) (laughs) but uh, I'm really, really digging it. Um, I've been playing um, Cyberpunk on it. And so I've been playing that Mm -hmm. in bed. And, And, you know, like it's weirdly, it's running Cyberpunk better than Cyberpunk ran on like an Xbox One or a PS4. Um, mm. and I think the best way I could kind of describe it is that it basically feels like you've got like a, like a PS4 in your hands. That's kind of the quality that you're getting out of it. Um, but I've been playing Doom, the original, or sorry, the, the Bethesda Doom from 2017, and that's running at what feels like 60 FPS. It's sort of medium to high graphics. Um, and the game I absolutely love is a game called, uh, Hard Space, which I'm not sure if you guys have heard of that. Um, uh, sorry, Ship, yeah. Shipbreaker, um, Hard Space Shipbreaker. Um, so basically that's a game where you sort of, uh, do you know, there's like, um, like iOS games where you have to like cut the knots to deconstruct something. It's basically that, but with spaceships. And so you sort of like floating in like a zero G ship breaking yard and you have to sort of scan the ship and then salvage it and put the salvage in the, like the various bins that it needs to go into. And so it effectively just becomes this like massive like 3D problem solving puzzle game about how you sort of like dissect the ship to get the most value for money out of it when you're um when you're salvaging it. Um so that sort of stuff has been playing really nicely on the Steam Deck. Like particularly like worked the other day, I had a bit of a tense one and sort of just on the train, pulled out, and then all of a sudden just playing something that I was only previously able to play on console. So yeah, really um strongly and you can get you can get them from kogan and dick smith now as well so there are australian retailers that are actually selling them um i think my one i got the 256 gig for about 950 um roughly i think it's a little bit more with shipping but for under a thousand bucks i'm pretty impressed with what it's doing absolutely and that's before you go down the emulation route and sort of turning it into like you know a Basically, I think you can literally turn it into a switch if you wanted to. I think there are actually emulators that effectively do all of that. But yeah, it's um. So if you guys are actually in the market, oh, um, Matt. Also for for from a gaming PC perspective, um, you can literally just also plug it into a dock and use it as a mini computer. And so that's cool. Yeah, so you could just um literally just plug a USB C cable into it and put it into a monitor, and you have a full like portable gaming PC. Like it's really, and for a thousand bucks, it's bloody impressive what it's what oh, it's outputting for a thousand bucks. Absolutely, like it's actually actually makes a lot of sense to be honest. Yeah, in and, terms of what, yeah. And I think there'll probably be a Steam Deck too. I think they're sort of talking in about two years' time. I think it's when it's next scheduled. I think they want to do sort of like a three to four year console cycle because it's definitely. Yeah. It seems like they're trying to get a little bit more time out of these things, but. <laughs> anything from like last generation of gaming consoles just for like parameters it's playing extremely well um so it's obviously not playing cyberpunk at you know 4k 120 fps like it's not it's not outputting that but but, the, but it doesn't need to no and that's the thing like, it doesn't like it, it the way it's playing these games is probably as good as you need them to play i mean don't get me wrong like more frame rate and high yeah. graphics would always be nice but the games are playable portable which is just in itself quite a, like quite an achievement Um, awesome. Yeah, and, and yeah. Apart from that, um, my wife's been watching Buffy again, um, <laughs> which uh, I, I just want to point out when the, the the fun double standards have been married. Um, which is, I grew up watching Buffy, and uh, obviously it was you know quite an impressionable time in my life when I was watching Buffy, which is you know like all throughout puberty. 
And um, so I started watching with, with Alison about four years ago and the entire time she was just berating me every single time something happened on screen because like, oh, you know, clearly that explains it. Um, however, my wife <laughs> salivating over Angel and Spike being shirtless, that's absolutely fine. But God forbid I look at Faith for a little bit too long on screen. <laughs> well, yep. if, uh, if you want to talk about Buffy, there's a new um, uh, Audible, Audible book, audio book yep. uh, called The Slayers or okay. Slayers, yep. a Buffyverse story. So it's, they've brought back the, all the old cast. Yeah. So, oh, I um, about that actually. Yeah, Tara, Anya, Willow, um, Spike, Drusilla. Okay. Uh, Clem. I don't know if you remember Clem, but oh, he's that. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Yep, he's in it. Um, and it's actually, I think it might be co-written and directed by um, the actor, actress, director that played Tara. Okay. So yeah. she, yeah, she helped write it and bring everyone together. Okay. Um, as a bit of a like a reunion type thing. So, um, yeah, I don't know if Sarah Michelle or um, Elijah Dushku are in it. I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, but I would I would hope they are, being that it's in a Buffy verse. But it's I, I a don't Buffy think story. Sarah Michelle Gell has done anything with Buffy since it finished. I think she made a a pretty like big statement about stepping away from it. Um, but yeah, it'd be good if they were in it. I'm, I mean, like, uh, let me just have a look. No, uh, Buffy Summers does not exist. Okay, well, that's so it's, it's an it's an alternate alternate reality. Um, and even uh, Cordelia is back as well. So, um, I mean, I'm. Oh I'm, fuck I'm, me. Cordelia is the only, the alternate reality where she is the alone Slayer. So she's the only Slayer. All right. So fun. Unlike season seven, but so yeah. Fun fact about that. Uh, Charisma Carpenter lost out to Buffy, for, uh, lost out to Sarah Michelle Gellar for the role of Buffy mm. in season mm. one. So she was the, um, the runner up for playing Buffy um, originally. Uh, yeah. I remember that. Um, Interesting. I, I mean, I'm, I'm curious about, I'm I'm really conflicted about Josh Whedon because I spent like the 2000s growing up being just absolutely in love with Buffy, Angel, Firefly. I even liked Dollhouse. Um, mm. And then obviously you've got the Serenity movie, which is brilliant. And then you've got you know, the first Avengers movie, which is arguably one of the best comic book films of all time. And then you've got Avengers mm. 2, which is not... Um, but you know, there was a whole bunch of stuff like, uh, Cabin in the Woods, like, you know, he was a producer on that, which I loved. Um, and I absolutely adored his version of, uh, Much Ado About Nothing, which was like an art house Shakespeare film that he filmed at his mansion in, in Los Angeles with effectively the cast from the Buffy verse. And so like, I was, I like deep dived into Josh Whedon for like 15 years or 20 years almost. And then you kind of like discover, and there's one of those weird things about like separating the art from the artist where like the stuff that came out from his ex-wife and the stuff that he was apparently allegedly has like done over the last decade as a effectively um, rapey male feminist for want of a better description is just really is cast as like weird sort of like shadow over a lot of his work. Like, I don't know how, like if you've, if you're across any of that wrong, but like, do you yep. like, does what he's allegedly done, does that kind of taint, Buffy for you because I, I struggled to watch it a few years ago again. I'm less so right now, but a few years ago I was really like it, it actually it. 
it does to be honest because yeah. when you hear about um so in one of the seasons sarah michelle was not in any dean with any other actress um because of shit that he was pulling on set between them well, sorry, and that, sorry any, any so any any of the other female leads in that show well not yeah. leads but secondary characters she wasn't in any any scenes with Okay. Because he was he was pulling some dodgy shit on the side, um, playing them off her and vice versa, making them effectively fight amongst themselves yeah. to the point where she couldn't appear on the same scene as them. So they she would literally have to film her scenes by herself and then everyone else got to film together and then they spliced it all so it looked like she was actually there, in some, oh. which is towards the later seasons. Yeah, was that season six? Yeah. I yeah, I vaguely remember there was that Six weird. and seven was... Dodgy. Yeah, and there was that thing where, like, when she was in the scene, it was always when she was fighting someone, so it was her stunt double. Yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah, that makes yeah. sense, yeah. Yeah. So, really, and it does taint what he's done, and, like, looking at the properties as themselves, like, yes, they're brilliant. I love Buffy. I think it's great. Firefly, Angel, I, I was only ever watched one or two, maybe one and a half seasons of Angel. Yeah. Um, and uh, Firefly, I watched... Um, the movie Serenity loved, obviously Avengers, great, but I kind of, I can separate him from the properties and just enjoy the properties for what they are. Yeah. I don't know if he gets royalties or anything off them. I don't, don't really care. He's made his money, whatever. Yeah. Um, but it does put a, a bit of a, uh, a, a cast of shadow on it a little bit. Um, it's a shame. I mean, there's, uh, but it goes every, like, even even J.K. Rowling, same kind of thing. Like, Harry Potter was great. I personally won't read Harry Potter again. Even though I've already bought the books, I probably won't read them again. Yeah. I'll keep my first editions, but I'm not going to read them because I don't want to support her and her views. And that's just because of my community. Um, so that's, yeah, there's a lot of... A lot of uh, um, artistic people out there that have done stuff that I'm just like, I can't, I can't engage with you anymore. Just, you're not a good human, effectively. Because it's, it's, it's a tricky one, because like Michael Jackson's obviously the, the, the main example of that, where his music is objectively superb, but from a personality perspective and from what he allegedly did, it's despicable and disgusting and, you know, yeah. he would probably be lynched in certain places of the world. Um, yep. And so it's a really difficult one. And like, I'm noticing particularly with, with Buffy that it's like, how can I put this? Like the narrative that, because a lot of Buffy is Josh Whedon, Josh Whedon trying to put a narrative about his own values into the show. And so the whole sort of point of, Buffy fundamentally was that he was trying to deconstruct the arc, the, the archetypical blonde cheerleader getting killed off in the first act, and he very much tried to put a um, like a sort of second wave feminism type spin on a lot of what Buffy was trying to do, and you know he was very unashamedly described himself as a male feminist. And so a lot of the show, and that's one of the things I found so, you know, so intriguing about it, particularly sort of, you know, in the 2000s, like late 90s, 2000s, is that it was quite groundbreaking in a lot of the ways it was depicting things. 
And, yep. you know, particularly the way that it sort of thematically used, um, you know, like in the first few seasons in particular, like the way it, it handles, um, you know, struggles in high, in high school, depression, bullying, um, you know, even sex for that matter with the, with the, the angel stuff in season two. Like all of that stuff is just, it's actually kind of brilliant. Like it, it holds up incredibly well. Like you could watch, like I'm watching it. Like Alison's literally going on the next room at the moment. Like these episodes are like, they are as good 20, 30 years, in some cases, nearly 30 years ago. They're almost as good 30 years ago as they would be if you launched them on Netflix today or HBO today. Like this show is that good in terms of its quality, but this entire universe and this entire property that this guy created he was effectively using it as a way to create a casting couch for actresses you know the, like real harvey weinstein type stuff that this guy was allegedly yep. doing and sorry i'll keep saying allegedly because you know it's all you know it's all alleged he's not charged with anything of course but you know it, it, it the jk rowling one that's that's probably a different conversation with her because i don't i don't personally i don't see those views in her in her work so i don't see i don't see trans commentary or turf commentary in the harry potter universe at all with, no there's not with buffy though i definitely do see feminism and i do see that very front and center in it and then to sort of discover that the, the creator of it is actually quite a creepy disingenuous guy it, it really sort of you know at least for me, it's like, is this all sort of retrospectively him trying to create effectively a ploy in which he can have an environment that he could act this way? Yeah. Have you ever seen Buffy, Matt? Many, many, many years ago. Okay, cool, fair enough. All right. I probably should have actually um, so, to like a 10 minute. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm, 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 I'm all ears, dude. I'm, I'm good to listen. Yeah. Um, so I'm assuming he's allegedly been uh, caught well, about creeping on, on women. Is, is that, yeah, that so the his, idea? His wife or ex-wife, this would have been like, I think it was around the same time as, um, there's, there's a number of controversies that happened in the sequence with him. Um, and so correct me if I'm wrong, Roland, but his, his ex-wife made allegations and she released a slate essay effectively outlining that Josh Whedon isn't who you think he is. And effectively, the, the, it was like a 3,000-word essay. Like, it was quite a long character assassination of him, but essentially um, heavily insinuating and implying that he was effectively using Buffy as a... Well, the, the shows that he was working on as an opportunity to have affairs with aspiring actresses. Um, oh, well, okay. And then there was, there was corroboration from cast members. So Charisma Carpenter was um, one of the main ones. So she plays Cordelia in Buffy. Um, she made allegations about his behavior towards her and that he effectively bullied her when she got pregnant in season four of Angel um, oh, wow. because he didn't want to have a pregnant Cordelia in the show. Um, and then there's the, the real sort of like, I think the final nail was a twin investigation from Warner Brothers in his handling of Justice League. So because the Justice League movie was a financial flop to begin with, there was oh, no yeah. one that was like necessarily going out to bat for him. Um, and there was an allegation of um, racial bullying against the actor that plays Cyborg. Um, so there was there seemed to be like a racial element to it. And then yeah. there was a sexual harassment one from Gal Gadot, who um, 
got extremely upset that he kept trying to um, overly sexualize uh, Wonder Woman. Um, mm-hmm. And there was one particular sequence in scene which got removed from the Snyder Cut where um, Flash sort of Wonder Woman kind of lands on his chest or vice versa. And it's quite like a sexually provocative scene and Gal Gadot refused to film it. Um, and apparently Josh Whedon got like furious because she was saying no to him. And so he got a stunt double to do it in her place. Oh, right. Yeah, so and he, and that was twenty. I want to say twenty seventeen was twenty eighteen was um. I think twenty eighteen was Justice League, and I don't think he's worked since then. So I think it's been five over five years now since he last actually had a directing or writing or production gig. Well, and I remember I read a um a sort of a an essay an article on him about a year ago. I think um because I was just kind of curious as to what he was doing. And effectively, it was um, him basically playing the victim in the article. I'll try and send it to you wrong because it's quite a, it's quite a disingenuous sort of read because he's effectively at the end of it, he's basically saying, oh, "I'm the one that's hard done by," like completely and utterly not taking any accountability for, sort of like, the way that his legacy has been tarnished by his own behaviour. What happens when you trash humans? Basically, yeah. Yeah, I have no sympathy for him. Or anyone that abuses their power like he did. Zero sympathy. No, because it, it was a real Harvey Weinstein, Me Too type scenario. Like there was definitely no, like there was not that sort of, there was no like allegation or assertion that he was raping like that. So maybe just putting in clarity, there was not like anything that was deemed to be criminal, but mm-hmm. it, it was, it, it definitely came across as he was using his product you know his status and his value as you know who he was in that industry to effectively have a casting couch full of actresses that wanted their opportunity well so it's full on in other words <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah and it just it just means that like shows like buffy and angel which are you know arguably some of the most defining shows of like the 90s and the 2000s like i mean buffy like the template for Buffy, it kind of set the standard for pretty much everything that came after it in terms of genre TV shows. Mm-hmm. Like it's mm-hmm. like it really that sort of. Well, I suppose X Files was sort of before Buffy in that regard, but Buffy and X Files were really the two shows that effectively started doing that switch between like self-contained episodes and serialization, and the getting that perfect balance of serializing the overarching story, but through a self-contained format which is effectively what the streaming platforms do. And so almost mm. you, 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 can make an, you can make an argument that, that most shows that are successful in the late to early you know, 2000s and 2010s were all heavily influenced by the format that Josh Whedon's development company set up with Buffy and Angel. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's just, yeah, there's so many, so many stories of you know, people you think are... <laughs> you know, uh, I mean, again, this is all it's all alleged here. It's nothing confirmed, but like, it's um, yeah, it just it makes you wonder if there's anybody good in Hollywood. Uh, Keanu Reeves, apparently. Keanu Reeves is the he's the he's he's, he's like a unicorn man. That dude, like, he's, he's such a good dude. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, and apparently Chris Pratt as well too. Apparently, he helps everyone move. So probably there's like a whole thing that he has a pickup truck, and so he helps like <laughs> he helps other people move houses. That's hilarious. I like that. That's good. <laughs> Wait, say Chris Pratt. Yeah. So apparently he has a pickup truck, and he helps 
like other people move house. <laughs> nah, I'm out. Chris Pratt's a no for me. He's a no for you. Yeah. Why was um, Chris Pratt? Uh, so he dumped his previous wife, Anna Faris. Anna Faris, because um, he went to go with Arnold Schwarzenegger's daughter. Um, and um, he has disowned his own child with Anna Faris because they're disabled. Really? Okay, I didn't know that. I thought she, yeah. dumped, I thought she dumped him. Nope. Oh, I thought, I, I, sorry, I apologize. I thought nope. she dumped him. Like, I didn't know that. No, no. He, um, he walked out on her and then blamed the child's disability on her. Oh, really? Because, oh, well, you know, his, his genes have nothing to do with it. Um, and he's a, he's a born again as well. So a bit of a... I'm not a fan. Just gonna say that. Not oh, a fan. I didn't know that. I, I can appreciate him in the movies, Guardians of the Galaxy. I thought he was quite good, um, but as an actual human, I'm just like, no, you're you're trash. To walk out on your partner with that has a disabled child, and to then blame her because your child is disabled, because yeah, I no, no. I d- did not know that. I have, to, I have to look into that one. I I I know that they'd separated, but I didn't realize that that happened with his kid. Because I, I honestly thought that Anna Faris broke up with him. Um, okay, not nope. enough. No, no, because with uh, I'm sorry, this could get into controversial, like potentially could get cancelled. Um, born again Christians are very, they're never in the wrong, mm. it's their partner, so that's probably why you've heard the other thing is because for him to like Joe Jonas and Sophie Turner, it's Sophie's fault because he's a born again Christian, there's nothing wrong with him, it was her, yeah, which it actually potentially wasn't. We don't know, but yeah, they're born again Christians will always deflect on the relationship onto the other partner so then they can exit the relationship without um, ruining God's, the vow to God because the other person was at fault, not them. No, okay. No, didn't, didn't, didn't know that. So I'll have to, yeah, to look into that one because, um, yeah, that would be very disappointing actually that was the case. I have a fairly high opinion of Chris Pratt because I know he's done like a lot of stuff with like veterans and he's been very sort of like, he's been very sort of like pro-community in a lot of ways. So, I, sorry, pro-family, but I didn't realize that it happened with his um, ex-wife and child. That's very disappointing. Yeah. Out of the, I mean, you got the three Chris's in the... Oh, we're going to get into Marvel again. I'm going to stop right there. <laughs> we're going to save that for another episode. I do have... Um, might, <laughs> you might have to look at wrapping up in a sec, but um, I, I, one of my favorite Twitter things ever is um, Blake Lively um, wishing, wishing her favorite Ryan a happy birthday. And it's uh, her and Ryan Gosling with uh, Ryan Reynolds cut out of the picture. <laughs> yeah. That's a huge. I, couple goals. I'm going to say that. Blake Lively and Ryan Reynolds, couple goals. I'm waiting, They're phenomenal. I'm waiting for the um the new season. of. The, have you guys watched that Wrexham show on Disney Plus? No. Nah. Um, do you follow like soccer in the UK or anything? Like you guys... Ah. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, it's it, 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 it's his um it's his team, isn't it? It's, it's yeah, Ryan he and team. Um, Rob McCannahay's team. Um, yeah. I I don't really give a shit about soccer. Like I I find it quite boring to watch. But the that like mini that like twelve episode season, I think it's called Record in Wrexham or something like that's on Disney Plus. It is superb television like genuinely like one of the best like docuseries i've watched in a very long time um and they're doing a season two at the moment of it so if you're after just like a really good sort of like sports drama that's effectively about it's because it's really it's about the town of wrexham it's got obviously soccer as the conduit for the show and sort of what you know he and rob did in it but um 
yeah, just a really, really interesting bit of television if you guys are looking for something to watch. Yeah, I might look into right. it. Give that a go. Awesome. Yeah. Well, sorry, guys. I'm going to have to wrap it up. Um, but no, no, thanks. Thanks both for coming tonight. I'm sorry, I know we, we went just a bit longer than usual. So no, thanks for thanks, chat. It was good to catch up with you as well, dude. I think it's been a couple of weeks. So um, yeah, it's lovely to chat. Um, I know I keep saying this every week, but I am actually trying to work on a bit more of a formal schedule for these episodes because there's um, the new Martin Scorsese film coming out soon. So I actually wouldn't mind doing like a, a movie review one on that. Um, Great. There's uh, obviously the Ahsoka episode next week, and I do want to do one around DC and Marvel because I think there's a little bit to talk about, probably an episode for each, because I think that DC is doing something quite interesting at the moment, which is probably not going to work, but still it's interesting nonetheless. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, and there's um, I wouldn't mind doing some more video game stuff as well too in probably about a, a month or so as we start getting towards the end of the year because um, it's it's kind of, I think we're sort of about halfway through like the PS5 and the Xbox console life cycle oh, at the moment. Yeah. And um, I don't know if there's anything really to talk about with these generations because it kind of seems like, you know, maybe this is sort of going off what you were saying before, Rowan, about packs, but the game development is now so hard and so intensive that it feels like there's actually nothing coming out. Um, so yep. yeah, maybe I just, yeah, I think that might be worth having a bit of a chat about whether or not the sort of the expectations for what we want out of games is actually meaning that we're getting far less games. Awesome. Yeah, I actually like That's to good. I actually like to talk to you guys about um about games that you didn't expect to be good, but you played them and they're like brilliant. So I think that'd be a cool, a cool um a cool topic we can we can touch on at some point. Yeah, hundred percent. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks thanks again for tonight, guys. Um, yeah. Hopefully, have this edited probably tomorrow, and I'll try and get this up tomorrow evening. But um, yeah. No, always a pleasure. Thanks for thanks for joining us tonight. Thanks, thanks for later, guys. Oh, have a good night, guys. See ya. Cheers.